Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing today in our studies here in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And we've been here in chapter number 4, looking at verse number 17, which says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so as we've been studying here and looking at the issue of the catching out of the saints, what's commonly referred to as the rapture. You know, the last couple episodes, we've really have been focusing on the issue of what the Apostle Paul says related to the latter times or the last days of this dispensation and how as he describes it, that the things that are going to happen prior to this event that we've been looking at, that there's going to be really this falling away. There's going to be a large number of people who are turning their back on the information that was given to the Apostle Paul for this dispensation. They will stop teaching the gospel that we find over here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, where Paul declares the gospel which saves individuals today. When he says here, we'll start right at verse number 1 of 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, Unless you have believed in vain, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And how this is the information and the foundation of everything that we are to be believing during this dispensation. We've talked about how the Apostle Paul identifies the will of God that all men would be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. That after salvation happens, the very next thing that is supposed to be happening is individuals coming unto the knowledge of the truth. That they're studying the shoe thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth, taking the doctrine in, building themselves up in it, so that way their life is going to reflect the information that the Apostle Paul has given to us today, directly revealed to him by the Lord Jesus Christ for us in this dispensation. And the issue, as we saw, especially in a lot of those warnings in Second Timothy, was how the body of Christ, the local assembly, is going to turn its back on all of this information and want to just have the things that are pleasing and entertaining given unto them. And that that's going to result in 
this information not being held on to. And so what you're really going to have, and the true reality of things, when we look at this world and look at, unfortunately, the fact that the vast majority of individuals don't believe this gospel message for today, that the reality of this event is not going to be what we commonly see being portrayed, for example, in movies that talk about this event or books that are written because you have, you know, books or movies depicting this as if there is going to be millions upon millions of individuals that are going to be caught up into the air and that it's going to be this noticeable thing that's going to cause all these individuals to start turning their life towards God because they saw that this event occurred. The reality of what's going to happen is that it's not going to be this giant number of people because if all of these individuals have turned their back on things and the reality of that we're not even that big to begin with that the number of people who are going to be caught up in this is going to be a very small number all through scripture you see how it's the minority that are standing with God. It's not the majority. When God starts to describe the nation of Israel, he talks about how he chose them not because they were the biggest. He chose them because they were the fewest in number and demonstrated the power of God, what God was doing through using the small numbers. When you go back to Genesis chapter number 6 and look at Noah and the building of the ark, and you see how there's eight people who actually go into the ark. So there's eight people who have salvation out of all of the people that were in the world at that time. And there's a lot of you know people that say, well, how many individuals are we truly talking about? And you know there are estimates that say there were millions of individuals that are, were alive at that time and that only eight of them were actually on the ark. When you look at, you know, the typical assembly that teaches this message. And you compare it to, you know, the churches that are teaching all sorts of other things, you see the difference in size and how, you know, individuals do not gravitate towards the truth. They gravitate towards the lie. They gravitate towards the things that are entertaining unto them and so when individuals hear that truth there's a almost this rejection that happens with the things of what God is saying and so as we talk about this thing about meeting him 
in the air when he returns for us we see that there's this past if we go back to our text we see how it says and so shall we ever be with the Lord that that's the issue of how we are going to be is that we are going to ever be with him it's a, and you see how even at the beginning is where we are it says then we which are alive and remain and that's we've been discussing this thing of the individuals that are remaining this the fact that we're going to be caught up and that we're going to have in order to be able to be with him there's going to be a change that's going to be necessary to happen here. Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Back to where we were when we just had read the gospel message thing, but we're going to go down to you know later on in this chapter as the Apostle Paul is discussing things related to resurrection throughout 1 Corinthians 15. We get down here to verse number 51. It says, Behold, I shew you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So we see how Paul described this and he says he's giving them a mystery here and then he's going to define exactly what this mystery is as he tells us about this change that's going to happen of this new body that we are going to receive that's going to allow for us to be able to stay there in the heavenly places as we're caught up and that immediate thing of happened that we're going to need a body that's going to be able to exist in the heavenly places allowing for us to be able to be there with him you know for when he's saying in our text in first Thessalonians chapter number four when he says that we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. That there's going to be this catching up and that we're going to be given a body that's going to be able to exist in those heavenly places as the Lord Jesus Christ is accomplishing what has been set out. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter number 1 where we're going to see the Apostle Paul talking about the promise that had been made back here in Ephesians 1, where we read verse number 10, where it says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So we have Paul identifying the reconciliation of the heaven and the 
earth that is going to happen as he defines and says in the dispensation of the fullness of times. So in that future dispensation that there is going to be this reconciliation of both the heaven and the earth us the members of the body of Christ are going to be reconciling the things of the heavenly places and God's going to use the nation of Israel to reconcile the things here on the earth and that it is promised and guaranteed that both of these things are going to happen. In Paul's epistles for us today, he gives us the information related to the reconciliation of the heavenly places. Because that is the promise that has been made unto us. So here in this same chapter in the book of Ephesians in chapter 1, and we're going to pick up at verse number 18, and we're going to read down through the end of the chapter, and it says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might, in dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And we see from this passage, Paul talking about this reconciliation of the heavenly places and talking about the promise that's been given unto us when it talks about these positions in verse number 21, the principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ having put those under his feet and he gave those things to the church. That's us, which is his body, the fullness of him. And then it says that filleth all and all. And how part of this whole thing is going to be as we receive that new body, that the event that is known as the judgment seat of Christ happens and individuals receive that reward and fill those positions in the heavenly places as part of that reconciliation process that is going to happen. All of this promised, guaranteed... We read last time here in this same chapter talking about the sealing ministry of the Spirit, how we're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise to keep us in our position as a member of the body of Christ. So that way we have that guarantee 
of being part of this whole reconciliation process that God has promised will happen. You know, that's why you read the things describing the hope that we have. Let's go over to Colossians chapter number 3. And we're going to see Paul here in the book of Colossians describe this. And you know this is why one of those times when you have individuals who start trying to throw out whole epistles that Paul wrote and start talking about how you know, well, First Thessalonians is not for us today. The things of you know that describe this event, this is not you know, it's not our hope. And they'll start talking about how this has to be describing things related to the nation of Israel. While well, you have Paul make a reference here in Colossians three to the exact same event that we've been looking at here in First Thessalonians chapter number four. When we start here in Colossians 3, verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Now, Paul starts this with a, you know, this kind of challenge thing here when he says, if ye then be risen with Christ. And he said, well, how do we know that we've been risen with him? If we have put our trust in the gospel message, then we have been identified with his death, burial, and resurrection. So when Paul says... If ye then be risen with Christ, if you've put your trust in the gospel message, you have been risen with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if that's true, then Paul starts saying, talk about to seek those things which are above. Set your affection on things above. How the focus that we are to have as members of the body of Christ, is to be on the heavenly things and not on the things on the earth. Yes, we live here on the earth. Yes, we have to deal with the things that are going on here on the earth, but that is not to be our primary focus. And the tendency at times, unfortunately, is that people can start putting their focus so much on the things here on the earth that they drift away from focusing on the heavenly things and stop doing all of the things that God would want them to do. And that's why Paul has to say, set your affection on things above. You know, to kind of remind the members of the body of Christ that this is where our focus is supposed to be is on the heavenly places because that's truly where our identity actually is. Then he gives that promise in verse 4 about the fact that when Christ who is our life shall appear, 
talking about this event that we're we've been studying here in First Thessalonians chapter four, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And reaffirming the fact that the event known as the catching out of the saints, that that is a reality for us. So all of this doctrine truly does apply to who we are. And it doesn't matter who it is that's teaching that idea. The word of God is where our final authority is. And if the word of God is saying that that's true of us, then we are to understand that it truly is true of us. Let's turn over here to 2 Timothy chapter number 2. And we're going to see Paul describe something here in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Again, talking about the things that are going to happen with this event, the promise that we have that ties in with this reconciliation of the things in the heavenly places. Start here at verse 11 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. It says, It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. And we've talked about this passage many different times about how there is this guarantee of the fact that because he says he cannot deny himself that we know that he's not going to deny any of the members of the body of Christ the ability to be with him what he can deny is the fact of well you didn't follow the doctrine that's been laid out and you're being denied certain positions of authority that you could have had because you were doing the right things. Well, you didn't. So instead of getting to this position, you only have this position in the heavenly places. And... You know, those are the things that, unfortunately, individuals are not going to truly find out until they are at the judgment seat of Christ. And they're not going to, you know, at that point, they will understand, okay, well, I should have done these things. I should have applied these passages in Romans through Philemon to myself not try to take other things or not try to deny some of those things that are written in those epistles that I'm to take the doctrine that Paul's given to us apply it to my life live my life according to those things that way as I'm being pleasing unto God I'm building up that gold, silver and precious stones so that way I can then have the position that I should have. Now, the glorious things we know that as we're looking at this, we know by putting our trust in the gospel message that we have that guarantee of being with him in the heavenly places. That we do not have to worry about things. 
that we know that we have a hope. Now, next week, we're going to talk about, we read in Ephesians 1 verse 10, where it's talked about the reconciliation of the heaven and the reconciliation of the earth. We're going to talk a little bit next week about that reconciliation of the earth. And look at the things that unfortunately, because the word of God describes it, that people try to apply all of those things to themselves. Ignore everything, for example, that we looked at today. You know, that that in their mind doesn't apply to them. All the passages we're going to look at next week apply to them. And they're going towards a completely different hope that is not part of who we are today. And unfortunately, none of that is going to be pleasing unto God because that's not what he is doing today. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some charts to help you in your study of God's Word. We have information about how to join our Sunday service and Wednesday night Bible study live as they're being broadcast on Facebook. If you happen to be in the Buffalo area, we'd love to have you come join us on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. We meet at 83 Anderson Road in Chicawaga, New York. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything in our broadcast, anything on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.